Good morning. It is good to be in God's house again. I got up, uh, I was up this morning and the sun was rising and I'm pretty sure I saw some flurries uh, this morning. How many experienced some fl- snow flurries this morning? Okay, so I wasn't seeing things. Good. But it was just a cold, crisp winter morning, a week away from Christmas. The little snowflakes brought a little hopes of a white Christmas. We'll see what God has in store. But I trust you came here this morning with hearts ready to worship. Before I go into my message, I just want to say thank you to all those who came out to Christmas caroling on Wednesday evening. Heard some reports back from some people in town, actually some, some, uh, the pastor there at Myerstown uh, Church of the Brethren uh, chatted with him a bit, and he was getting some reports as well of people who were out as we were going around, so... Thank you for being involved in that blessing this week. I told one person, I said, one, one of my goals or one of my prayers for the evening was that out of that, that one person would uh, come here to church on one of our uh, future services. So we'll see if God answers that prayer. But that evening, I had a goal or I had a prayer in mind, and I gave that to God. The question this morning, at the end of your life, if you would look back, What would make your life worth it or worth living? As you think about that question, at the end of your life, what would make it all worth it? If you got to the end and looked back, or maybe you're at that point and you said, it's been worth it already. Take me now. This morning in our message, we're going to look at an elderly a big elderly man with a probably a great white beard. As we're around this Christmas season, who do you think it is? I want us to observe the Advent so we are filled with anticipation. Coming away from this morning, I want us to be filled with anticipation as we observe the Advent. Anybody hear the word Advent before? Often a word given to the weeks in between after Thanksgiving and coming up to Christmas. The Advent is really the coming of someone special. So have you, has your heart been in the Advent spirit as we look towards the celebration of Jesus coming as a baby? I've entitled the message this, the message this morning, Anticipation in Advent. And turn with me to Luke chapter 2. You might be thinking, we're not at Christmas yet. And yes, I'm kind of going backwards. So my last message, we had looked at Jesus in the temple at the end of chapter 2. Now we're going to back up a little bit to the middle of chapter 2 to prepare our hearts for the Christmas story next week. If you're with me in Luke chapter 2, I'd like to do something different this morning, and I would like to have you stand as I read through the scriptures this morning. So go ahead and stand. We are going to read Luke 2, verse 21 to 40. And may God speak as we read his scripture here this morning. Verse 21. And when eight days were accomplished for for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. 
As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see the death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through my soul, thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanel, of the tribe of Aser. She was of great age. And had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayer night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Heavenly Father, as we look at this story this morning of Simeon and Anna and baby Jesus in the temple, may you fill our hearts with your love. And may you fill our hearts with anticipation. Be with us now. In your name, amen. You may be seated. Anticipation in Advent. So, as we dive in, let's take a look at this amazing baby dedication. Simeon and Anna. How many have Simeon as a role model? Do you ever study him much? To be honest, these are just a couple verses where we get a glimpse into Simeon and Anna. From what I'm aware, they are not mentioned elsewhere in the Bible. So this morning, as we look at this story, I have a couple observations. And then I would like to end with talking about what we are excited for, or our anticipation. First observation that I have, looking up at verse 21... And the eight days were accomplished that he needed to be circumcised. So I have, as I was reading these first couple verses, you know, Jesus came as God. Did he really need to follow these laws? I thought he came to present a new way. He did, but he did not do away with the law that was there. And so Joseph and Mary went ahead, even though he was God, 
He listens, he followed the laws, the old law that was in place. And so he was circumcised, and after the days of her purification, as it says, they brought him to the temple. And as we go through the couple of these observations, I looked back at the law, the Old Testament, and I pulled out a couple verses that speak to the areas that Joseph and Mary followed. And I've asked some young men to help me in this, so I'm going to call some young men up front uh, throughout this morning to read some verses from the law. So Stuart, if you would come up at this time. And as we look at Joseph and Mary coming into the temple, this was the law that they were following. And we take it from Leviticus. So I'll read it nice and slow and loud. And start with Leviticus 12.8 And if she is not able to bring a lamb then she may bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons any other as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for her, and she will be clean. You want to explain that verse to us? So, there we see that the law was that to be consecrated to God, a male child, they were supposed to bring them to the temple, and a lamb was supposed to be offered. But it said, if they don't have a lamb, or if they can't afford a lamb, they could bring the two doves or young pigeons. And we see here that Joseph and Mary brought the, the latter, the doves and the pigeons. So this is a sign that Joseph and Mary were not high class. They were following the law. And my first observation here is the unity of law and the spirit. So Joseph and Mary were following the law, the word. The law and the spirit need to come together. Now we enter Simeon's world, and what did Simeon do? He was there following the law, and what led him to the temple that day? This gave me goosebumps. The spirit. So here we have Joseph and Mary following the law, dedicating Jesus, and we have Simeon being led by the spirit. Brothers and sisters, this is where Christianity, where this is where Jesus speaks, when truth and the Spirit come together. And this was amazing to me that to see that Joseph and Mary were simply following what they were supposed to do. And in the meantime, Jesus is using the Spirit to speak to Simeon. And this amazing providential connection takes place. There is unity in the law and the spirit. They intertwine. You can't have the spirit without the law. And you can't have the law without the Holy Spirit guiding us today. A side of Christianity of culture today is we can do whatever we want. Because the spirit's telling me to. Or God is telling me to. It's got to be, it's got to go along with the scripture and the law. So here we see this connection with Simeon was... Because the law and the spirit came together. And I have another verse, so Travis, come on front, from John 4.24, which speaks about the spirit and the truth are needed. This one is from the New Testament, John 4.24. Same thing. Those who worship must worship in spirit 
and in truth. That's our first observation as we look at Simeon, the connection with Simeon this morning. Spirit and truth are intertwined. Secondly, let's look at the character of Simeon. Now, it doesn't say here exactly how old Simeon was, but the tradition shows us that he was very old. He was just and devout. How many of you would like to be called just and devout? Yes, I would want that description of myself. Just and devout. And what gave him that? Because he was focused on the consolation of Israel. He was there waiting for the consolation of Israel. And sometimes the consolation of Israel is referred back to a verse talking about the comfort that comes. There's another verse in the Old Testament that speaks about a remnant. Those who waited patiently for the coming of the Messiah. Now many in this day look for the coming of the Messiah to take away their the Romans, rule from them, to be relieved of that bondage. However, there was a faithful remnant who was focused on what the Messiah was really for, and that was to bring peace to their souls. I have another verse, Tristan, come on front. A verse from Isaiah, which speaks of a faithful remnant who would remain. For though your people of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant of them will return. The destruction decreed shall overflow with righteousness. Thank you. You want to explain that verse to us? The remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. A remnant of them will return because they focused on the real meaning or the real Messiah who was coming back. Simeon was one of them. Because he was waiting patiently. And he was, I think, a part of the the experience there at the temple. He was continually visiting the temple. So a remnant. We're looking at the character of Simeon because he was just and devout. He was patiently waiting for the promise which is to come. Which leads me to a question. The reason I asked the first question. When you get to the end of your life and you look back and you say... What would make it all worth it? Simeon here, there's not much said of him. Yet through his whole life he waited patiently. And because he was just and devout, patiently waiting, focused on the coming of the Messiah, he was involved in this baby dedication. Did that make his life all worth it? Brothers and sisters, all God calls us to is to focus on the waiting being just and devout, seeking him, waiting and be faithful. As I look at the character of Simeon, I want that to be said of me, just and devout. So now, uh, with me, let's go enter Simeon's, or no, let's uh, enter uh, Joseph and Mary's shoes. So they're bringing a young baby into the temple to be dedicated. They enter the temple. This is their first child. So did they know exactly what to do? I don't know. They might have been a little nervous. They enter the temple, and this old, strange guy walks up to him and says, Can I hold your baby? I'm not sure how I would have responded 
if I was Joseph and Mary. Because it says that he took him up in his arms. How did Simeon know which couple to go to? It's going back to the Spirit. He was in tune with the Spirit. And Simeon saw Jesus brought by Joseph and Mary. And he goes up and he holds baby Jesus. And as he looks into baby Jesus' face, this song comes forth. And my next observation is to look at this song. In verse 20. Verse 29, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. So he bursts forth in praise. I imagine him singing this. I, I don't know. The word that is used there when he said is sometimes also used for, for song. And first words out of his mouth are, God, let me die. To get to that point in life of complete surrender. And Simeon had finally received the promise that God had told him. You're going to see the Messiah. So he says, God, let me die because I've seen the Messiah. He's here. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. This refers back to a, a verse in Isaiah, I think, where it talks about the salvation that was to come of the glory, through the glory of Israel. How did Simeon know that this was the Messiah? The Spirit was speaking to him, right? But he had to have eyes of faith. He didn't know the whole story. He didn't know how Joseph and Mary had been called. He, did he know that they weren't married yet? Did he know the whole story of how they had to travel to Bethlehem? I don't know. But he had to have eyes of faith. And in this moment, Simeon had eyes of faith to see that this was the salvation. Put yourself in Joseph and Mary's shoes. They knew who this was, right? An angel had come and told them. Now this strange guy is confirming everything that they had been told. Wow! They go on, or Simeon goes on. Verse 32. A light to lighten the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? The people outside the temple. This is in a Jewish temple. Simeon is saying this. This baby is going to be a light to the Gentiles, the people outside. That is also significant. was uh, prophesied back in the Old Testament. Uh, moving on, the next thing. And the glory of thy people, Israel. And one last verse I want to refer back to. Kyrie, come on front. A verse from Isaiah 46, verse 13, which was prophesied that Israel, through Israel, the glory was going to come. It says 13. I bring my righteousness near, and it shall not be far off. My salvation shall not be linger, and I will place salvation in Isaiah, for Isaiah, Israel, my glory. Thank you. 
For Israel, my glory. I will place in Zion for Israel my glory. So Simeon was simply stating what was prophesied, which was what was uh, prophesied before. Gee, this baby was going to lighten, be a light to the Gentiles, and it was going to be the glory. It was going to make their faces glow. A light to thy people, Israel. So as he ends his song, what is Joseph and Mary's response? Verse 33, and Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. In this moment, they had just received confirmation of everything the angel had told them about their new little baby. They marveled. So we look at the praise that Simeon gives. And I find it interesting This praise was a confirmation to Joseph and Mary. Old people have wisdom. Elderly people have wisdom. Now you say, when do you get to that elderly stage? I don't know. But as you get older, I'm amazed to see the wisdom that comes forth. And the confirmation that they can give to younger people. So if you have wisdom, you feel the Holy Spirit leading you. Give confirmation to other people. That's what Simeon did to young Joseph and Mary. And it was a blessing to them. They marveled. So that was the praise of Simeon. Let's move on to the proclamation. So Joseph and Mary are standing there probably stunned. They don't know how to respond. And then Simeon blesses them. And he turns to Mary, the mother. And this is what he says. Behold... This child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And here Simeon prophesies forward of what is to come. And he says, this child is going to be the fall or the rising Of people to come. Brothers and sisters, our attitude and response affects our destiny. People's response to Jesus affects their destiny. It will either be the rise or the fall. So, my question to you is Jesus your rise or your fall? It breaks my heart to see the focus around Christmas on. Santa or Xmas or whatever it may be. They're taking Christ out and it is going to be to their fall. Simeon recognizes that and he warns of that. Then I can almost see him looking with compassion into Mary's eyes as he says, verse 35, a sword is going to pierce through you. He was prophesying of the cross which is to come. This baby that he had just praised God for coming to be a light to the Gentiles And a glory to Israel. Something painful was yet to come. And he's warning Mary of the suffering and of the cross, which is later. Again, wise words coming from a just and devout man who is being led by the Spirit. Gives me goosebumps when I think of Joseph and Mary in this stage. This confirmation. The law and the Spirit coming together to have this connection with Simeon. A just and devout man led by the Spirit. 
So as this is ending, I almost see Simeon shaking, his arms getting tired from holding baby Jesus, giving, maybe giving them back to, give him back to Joseph and Mary. And just about that time, another old person <laughs> enters the scene. A bunch of old people. Old people, there's a place for you. Anna comes along, a prophetess, a daughter. Um, she was of great age, so we know that she was old. And she had lived with a husband seven years. And then, I th- from what I gather, he died. And she's been a widow for about 84 years. So she's old. Did she give up hope? Did she muddle in her pity of being a widow? No. Here she was again as an inspiration to Joseph and Mary. So she comes up, and uh, oh, it's, I wanted to note in verse 37, but she served God with fastings and prayer night and day. She was obviously in the temple. Some believe she lived there. And she was being a prophetess to many people around. She was being a blessing. She did not let her suffering of her life affect her choices. Verse 38. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. One verse on what she did. But it spoke to her character and who she was. I don't know if she heard Simeon singing and said, Yes, brother! Wow, the Messiah is here. But obviously she was excited about it. And she came front. And she likewise blessed this baby. And her response kind of goes along with the lesson today of witnessing. She turned and she spake of him to all them. She didn't keep it quiet. But I don't know if, we, if you count up all the, the years that are listed there. She's probably well over 100. And here she is proclaiming the arrival of the Messiah. Again, I see in Anna a devotion, a patient waiting for the Messiah to come. Do you know that Anna could have been envious of Mary? As she saw Mary enter the temple with baby Jesus, I think, why, was, why wasn't I that? She didn't respond like that. Instead, she responded with blessing. She had a vision of what was to come. She wasn't living in just the memories of her past, but she was excited about the future that this this Messiah would bring. Are you an Anna? Is that your focus? That of devotion? That of patiently waiting? And with that, we come to the end. Joseph and Mary head back to their town in Galilee, Nazareth, and the child grew and waxed strong. And we leave the story of this baby dedication. And this story, a couple weeks, jumped out at me, and it gave me an, an anticipation for what is to come. And as I went through that story, I hope that God was showing you areas. Maybe it was the idea of spirit and truth coming together. Maybe you're in a place of decision. God doesn't always give, not all the answers or what we need to do in life are clearly stated in the Bible. But through the Bible and truth or and the Spirit speaking, we can find direction. Are you in that place for God to speak? That place that Simeon was? 
Maybe the character of Simeon is something we need to work on. Are you just and devout? A person of integrity. Waiting, anticipating Jesus to come back. Are you in that place that God can use you to work? To speak? Maybe we need to have eyes of faith. Maybe we're getting weary. Saying, what is the purpose? What is the good of life? Maybe we need to have eyes of faith like Simeon and see the promise of the Messiah. Maybe the return in our state. Maybe we need to proclaim truth like Simeon and Anna did in the temple that day. They proclaimed truth boldly. Or maybe you need to live with more devotion like Anna did. No matter the suffering that she went through, she was devoted, praying and fasting daily. Seemingly her life was, in a sense, maybe meaningless to her. But it culminated in this place of being able to be involved in the baby dedication of Jesus. So I trust that as we enter the week of before Christmas, we can enter it with anticipation. This is the stage. The Messiah has come. The Messiah, Jesus, is in heaven, and he's coming back. And I trust that we can use this Christmas season as a reminder to be ready, to be waiting like Simeon and Anna, fasting and praying, patiently looking, waiting for the Messiah to return. And that should affect our decisions of how we live life. There's a verse in Romans 8.24. For we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. But why does one still hope for what he sees? When life gets dark, when life is, where's hope? Remember, hope is not in what we see, but hope is in what we don't see. Let's anticipate the return of Christ one day. Let's enter this Christmas season with anticipation of what Jesus can do in our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful story of Simeon and Anna in the temple. They were people who were patiently waiting on the coming of the Messiah. There's devotion. They were just. We see truth and the Spirit coming together. And we want that to be true in our lives. And as we're around this Christmas season celebrating the arrival of your Son, through the festivities, through the gifts, the family gatherings, whatever it may be, may we be reminded to anticipate your return. And may we patiently wait with hope into what the Messiah or you can do through us. So in this Advent season, give us a heart of anticipation. In your name we pray, amen. Could we have a song, please? I'd like to sing one verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's not in any of our books. I'm not prepared with it on the screen, but...